A podcast by Cipra. Il podcast della Cipra. Le podcast de la Cipra. Der Cipra podcast. Cipra podcast. Interviews, background talks and voices from all alpine countries. Listen to this and more in the podcast of the International Commission for the Protection of the Alps. www.cipra.org forward slash podcast. Welcome to the current episode of our Zebra podcast. My name is Michael Gams and my guests today are Bianca Elsenbaumer and Serena Arduino. They are the new co-presidents of Zebra International and succeed Katharina Konradin, who has been in office for almost seven years. Buongiorno Serena, hello Bianca. Buongiorno Michael. Hello Michael. In the next half hour, we're going to talk about your background, how it came to the first co-presidency of two women at the helm of Zipra International and about your vision for the Alpine region. So I would like to start right off uh, with Serena. Um, you are living in Milano, if I'm right, in Italy. Yes. And you studied environmental studies uh, or sciences at the University of Milan and also environmental planning at the University of British Columbia in Canada. Yes. And you also participate in the Alpine Convention's thematic working groups. Where does your strong interest for the Alps come from? First of all, I did my university thesis on chamois behavior in the Alps. So it was the Alpine chamois. And I studied how they behave in, uh, in their environment. And that is when my first uh, um, practical experience with the Alpine ecosystems uh, began. Then I moved to Canada and I started working on very large ecosystems, including the Rockies. The Rocky Mountains, you mean? The Rocky Mountains, yes. Mm -hmm. And when I came back to Italy, I wanted to do something very similar to what I had been doing in Canada but for the Alps. So I started contacting my uh, contacts, my friends, asking them who was looking at the Alps from a Pan-Alpine perspective. And someone introduced Cyprus to me and Alpark and WWF, which at that time was working on eco, on eco region conservation. And they had identified 200 ecoregions in the world that deserved particular attention, and the Alps were one of them. So at that point, everything happened very quickly because I contacted WWF Italy. I said that I would have loved to do something for the Alps at a wide scale, and they said that WWF Austria, I think, or Switzerland, had just contacted all the WWF organizations of the Alpine countries, asking them to coordinate an initiative for the Alps. So I happened to be the person with the right interest in the right spot at the right time. So I was hired by WWF Italy to follow the Alpine ecoregion. And uh, at the time, Andreas Weissen was president of uh, Cipra International, and he was also working for WWF Switzerland. 
So everything happened together that uh, I happened to work for the Alps and for WWF and for CIPRA at the same time. Thank you, Serena, for this uh, introduction. Uh, very interesting from Chamois to WWF. And now uh, you're with CIPRA, which we are really happy about. Bianca, you are living in uh, Bolzano, Bozen, Italy, and you are a design researcher and co-founder of the cultural association Brave New Alps. I'm sure our listeners would like to know, what exactly does a design researcher do? That's a question I get asked quite a lot. A design researcher, in my idea of, of what uh, she does, is to actually create situations that then create knowledge. So in my case, I'm doing research on commons and on community economies. So really on economies that are governed collectively, that are democratic, but also that have the well-being of the environment and of people as a kind of central uh, aim. And there I try to create situations where these economies can be lived and experienced. And then I theorize on them. So basically, it's about getting really... Um, I think it's about getting really involved in the action and in practice, um, rather than being a researcher that does observation uh, from outside. I'm really part of the people creating commons, like for instance, a community academy at the local train station in Rovereto. Maybe we can uh, dive into this later also. Uh, what I would also like to know from you, Bianca, when did you first get into touch with Zipra and its topics? Well, I grew up in the Alps, so I grew up in a small village in South Tyrol. And when I was a kid, I was a, a snowboarder. So basically, I spent my, my life traveling around alpine areas, uh, I mean, around the Alps and around mountain areas in the world. And then in about 2005, when I was 25, I got really suspicious about all the uh, artificial snowmaking and started to dig into who is actually doing critical work on this. Because whenever I voiced my concerns about what is going on there, um, I wasn't kind of, I wasn't finding <laughs> good answers. And that's how I came across Cipra as one of the voices in the Alps, really being vocal about how we could live differently here. And what I really liked was that it was not about giving up certain ways of, uh, you know, living in the Alps and still having a contemporary life, but it was really about imagining ways that are about, uh, you know, regenerative ways of living, about sustainability. So I really was inspired by this. And then actually, about 2006, I left the Alps. <laughs> um, I went to the UK and stayed there for about 10 years to study and to work, because I was very interested in seeing how my kind of thinking that was um, you know, generated by the Alps, by being in a rural space, how it would fare in a metropolitan context. And I wanted to learn English. Um, and then I just longed for the mountains so much that I came back 10 years after. And I knew that when I came back, I wanted to do something with CIPRA because I really saw it as the organization that is working across the whole Alpine Arch. And really what I love is, you know, it's innovative. It has a really kind of, interesting vibe to it that it's you know it's contemporary it, i think it's inviting it's opening up dialogue in really interesting and productive ways so i met mariana elmi of the alpine convention 
and asked her if she could introduce me. And she made a connection with Barbara Wilsau, who at the time was a co-director of CIPRA International. And then conversation started, and that's how a couple of years later, I'm here with Serena as co-president. Yeah, which is uh, really great. And for the first time, actually, uh, since its foundation in 1952, there are now two women at the, the helm of Zipra International. How did this idea evolve, actually, um, Serena? You would have to ask this question to the small committee who selected the, the presidents. But um, what I know is... Um, that uh, when Katarina decided to resign, a procedure was put in place to find a um, successor that could be at her level and who had several talents. I was asked by already being a member of the board whether I was interested in the position. I took quite some time to respond because I felt this was a, a position with a lot of responsibility. But then I said, yes, if at the time of the elections, I am the right person or the best candidate, I would love and I would be honored to be the president of CIPRA with the help of the board members. Later on, I heard that uh, the procedure was intense. Several candidates were um, explored and two stood out as uh, the best one who together would have done an optimal work. And these two candidates were Bianca and I. We had different talents that were complementary, And Sipra uh, had already experienced with the co-management having two co-directors and it had worked well. And so CIPRA was ready to experiment with a co-presidency. And knowing who the other candidate was, Bianca, knowing how nicely it would be to work in close contact with other people, to share that huge responsibility of the presidency, I said yes, without hesitation. I like this proposal. So this is what, how the story came to me. Bianca, what was the first thought that came to your mind when you were asked uh, if you would like to take over the co-presidency together with Serena? Actually, first I thought this is kind of crazy. <laughs> And um, yeah, I was quite surprised, I would say, about, about the offer. Because somehow I always felt that Cipra was very much focused on the environmental aspects. And I'm not an environmental scientist. So, of course, I cannot kind of guide on those issues. But then to me also, it made a lot of sense to do the work together with Serena, who has a, a different set of experience and you know, expertise to me, whereas my focus is really on particip participatory governance and facilitation techniques, and also on creating, let's say, on really putting those best practices out there in, re in creating the facts on the ground. And so I think it actually like, Having gotten to Cipra better, I also thought this could be a very good match between Serena and me and the kind of skills we bring in. So, yeah, I'm really excited to see how this will play out in the next three years and what we can actually then achieve together. Bianca really took 
a leap of faith because uh, she was new to the board and uh, I think she was very courageous and I admire her a lot for this. Whereas I had already been on the board for five years and I knew what the work of the president would be like. So I was more prepared. So I, I honor Bianca for having taken, uh, taken that leap and jumped into it. And now I see that when we discuss items, we have two different points of view coming also from a more experienced vision of what the board is like and a fresher vision of what the board could be coming from Bianca who is fresher in this realm. So I confirm that the combination of the two persons with different experiences and point of view is a strength. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really interesting to see these two points of views coming together. And what I would also like to know is uh, from Bianca, in the newspaper interview, you talked about eco-social initiatives in the Alps and about your 40-year project, Brave New Alps. I would just like to know um, which eco-social initiatives do you mean, for example, and um, what is Brave New Alps all about, just to have a bit more background on you. So Brave New Alps is the cultural association that I founded and which actually started out as an informal collaboration between people who wanted to think that life in the Alps can be different and to mobilize culture to show that it can be different. So it's very much about using art and design to create real situations of life that is different, that is sustainable, that undoes the separation between nature and humans and to really see you know, humans as nature and to see what happens if we, if we structure life like this, if we think regional development from this kind of position where we are not humans kind of abstracted from nature, but we are part of the ecosystem and we have our roles to fulfill. And so with Brave New Alps, the name comes actually from the book of Aldous Huxley, Brave New World, which I was very inspired by when I was in my 20s, of like this kind of dystopian future. And I thought somehow in the Alps, it's already felt like we were in some sort of dystopian future um, with the kind of developments we were seeing, especially, you know, in my small village about mass tourism and so on. And... And now, actually, um, I think Brave New Alps stands much more for a utopian approach of saying, you know, the courageous Alps. Who, who would be the Alpine inhabitants who are courageous today and who can actually reach to the kind of future we would want to see? And who can, I would say, like Serena said, you know, who can make that leap of faith in our everyday today and to say, actually, it's possible to live differently and we just do it. And so that's what I want to to do with my association to kind of support those kind of practices and especially you know younger and older people who want to try something different who want to be part of creating that kind of uh, yeah utopian visionary way of living in the alps mm -hmm. very interesting and serena at the annual conference this year annual tipra annual conference this year You said that you want to make the way in which the Alps contribute to global priorities more visible. Which priorities do you mean? There are some very important processes going on right now. 
at the global level and at the European level. And these processes are going to shape the world and our continent for the next decades. One of these processes is the UN decade on ecosystem restoration, because ecosystems are at the basis of everything. Most are degraded and don't function at their full potential. So it is very important for us, the people, for nature, for all processes that are important to humans and to existence of this planet, that the ecosystems are healthy and function properly. So this enormous effort by the United Nations to put a big emphasis on ecosystem restoration is a priority that CIPRA has implicitly shared for the past years, but we need to make this more explicit and encourage others to take this direction because ecosystems are also at the community scale and communities that have the courage and the attention to undertake ecosystem restoration will be better off. So this is the first uh, priority process that I think we should be plugged in. And the second one is the European processes. There are many, but one is the European biodiversity strategy to 2030 which some friends from BirdLife International define it as the book of wonders. For the first time, we have a political strategy which is really brave and bold and commits member countries to do spectacular things for nature. It is very ambitious. And uh, I'm going back to my Panalpine vision. This strategy commits European countries to do certain things on their land. And I want to believe that when these countries make decisions for their Alpine portion, they do so in a coordinated way. And they do so also coordinating with the Alpine countries that are not part of the EU, namely Switzerland and Liechtenstein. Because I cannot believe that countries that share the Alps decide about what is going on in the Alps without talking to each other and seeing what makes sense across borders. And of course, I'm thinking of rivers, but it's not just rivers. It's about transnational landscapes and mountain ranges and border towns that talk to each other. So just to name two, these are two processes where I think we, make, we need to make explicit and visible what is already happening. And also we need to be a driving force behind ensuring that uh, stakeholders talk to each other. And this is also the story of Zebra, making sure that people get together to protect the Alps and finally getting to the Alpine Convention. 
So I think that if we ensure that countries coordinate to contribute to these processes, we are also implementing the Alpine Convention. This was the first part of our interview with the new co-presidents of Zipra International, Serena Arduino and Bianca Elzenbaumer. We talked about their way to Zipra, their professional background and their topics of interest. In the next podcast episode, you will hear the second part of this interview. There we talk about Zipra's role on society and politics, how to reshape the economy in the Alps together and about Bianca's and Serena's vision for the Alps in the year 2030. My name is Michael Gams. Thank you for listening. Podcast by Cipra. Il podcast della Cipra. Le podcast della Cipra. Der Cipra podcast. Ciprim podcast. Interviews, background talks and voices from all Alpine countries. Listen to this and more in the podcast of the International Commission for the Protection of the Alps. www.cipra.org forward slash podcast.